So this past weekend, uh, I had a friend who was visiting my house. He was actually working on my basement. We're building out our basement right now. And uh, he brought this, uh, this special toy for my kids to play with. Um, it, it's actually a, a, an expensive toy. It's, it's a virtual reality headset, uh, an Oculus uh, 2. Has anybody ever wa- seen anybody uh, use virtual reality before? Uh, it's it's an interesting experience for both groups of people because the person that's in the virtual reality, uh, they, they put the headset on and literally everything around them changes, everything. Uh, and all they see is the world that they're interacting with. Uh, my kids, they were fishing and, and catching fish, and we were, having, we were trying to see who could catch the, the biggest fish, and Elijah, uh, right back there, uh, he caught the biggest fish this weekend. He caught 42-pound uh, fish, I believe, 41, 42 pounds, and uh, it's a lot of fun. But the thing about virtual reality is, is the thing that you're seeing in your headset is not what everybody else is seeing. Everybody else is watching you do like this kind of stuff, and it looks real weird, and you're walking in tiny little circles. But uh, for the person in the headset, they're walking all around this entire world, and it's, it's real. It's very, very real to them. And it got me thinking about my message this week, and it got me thinking about the kingdom of God. You know, God has a world, a reality uh, that he's designed us for. You know, he's designed you for a purpose. He's designed you with a plan. And he has put gifts and talents inside of every single one of you uh, to live in the kingdom of God and the way he prepared you to live. But a lot of times in our lives, uh, we start bringing in the things into our life that we want to be there. And we start looking at it through our lens and not necessarily through the lens that God has for us. And today, my hope for you is that by the end of the time uh, that we're here together today, Uh, that you would be more hungry and more passionate for God's kingdom and the reality that he has for your life uh, than maybe ever before. And I know that's gonna be uh, different for all of us. I know when uh, I was uh, a new Christian, I was super passionate for God. In fact, when I first started uh, attending church, I, I knew nothing. I had only gone to church about three or four times before I really started going regularly. I was 15 years old. And I remember the youth pastor had asked this question. She had said, uh, now, uh, he is the light of the world. This is in the New Testament. She's reading this in in the Gospels. Now, he is capitalized here, okay? So who can tell me in this room who he is? He is the light of the world. And I sat there and I was like, surely she's not going to call on me. I've only been here for like two weeks. And uh, she's like, Rob, who is he here? It's capitalized. He is the light of the world. And I said, I don't know, uh, the devil? Every single person in the room gasped. They're like, oh my gosh, he just called Jesus the devil. And uh, it was, uh, you know, I didn't know anything. And um, so when somebody gave me a Bible, I got my first Bible. It was like one of those pew Bibles that, uh, that you'd find, uh, the, those hardback ones with the really, really tiny text. I started reading like crazy. I was just, I read like 10 chapters every night. I was like, everybody knows everything about God except for me. And it's time for me to figure this out. I was passionate and I was hungry. And uh, uh, what I wanna talk to you guys about is what is it that you're really hungry for? And uh, we're gonna look at Matthew uh, chapter four today. Uh, and we're gonna talk about Jesus. And this passage here is at the beginning of Jesus's life. So, or not his life, at the beginning of Jesus's ministry. And he had just been baptized uh, by uh, John the Baptist. 
And in, during his baptism, the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus and descended like a dove. And the heavens opened and uh, God speaks to Jesus. And he says to him, this is my son whom I love. And that moment for Jesus was uh, a catalytic moment in his life. It prepared him for the ministry that he would have because he would realize I'm not, he would realize that I am the son of God. He would, he would have that word that was spoken to him and it would be affirmed to him. And then in chapter four, I wanna read about what happens immediately after his baptism. It says, then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after he'd fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, he became hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now in scripture, uh, when you see the word word, there's two different uh, forms in the Hebrew of, word, of the word word that will show up in scripture. There's the logos, uh, the logos word of God, which is the written word of God. That's everything that you would see uh, in the Bible. So the Bible is God's logos word. Uh, then you've also got the rhema word of God. That's the spoken word, the living word, the active word. And so a lot of times we'll be reading scripture and we'll be reading the logos uh, and we'll be going through it. And then the Holy Spirit will speak something to you. He will, he will bring that word alive to you and it will become rhema to you. Now it's not just words that are written down, things that have happened in the past, but something that's living and active that's, that's, that God is speaking to you right now. Um, it's what God is speaking to us in the moment. And when Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, what he's saying is, is he's saying the thing that God is saying and doing right now, those are the things that I'm gonna live for. Those are the things that I am hungry for. You see, Jesus had been in a wilderness. He had been uh, fasting for 40 days. He was hungry, believe me, he was hungry. Uh, it would have been very easy for him to, to just look at that, that stones and take that offer from the devil and say, you know what, I am the son of God. I can command those stones. I could uh, turn those into bread and eat those. But that would have, that would have only helped his physical reality but it would not have helped his spiritual reality or his kingdom reality. Jesus was hungry uh, for God and he was hungry for God's word. Now, this part of, uh, of scripture, man shall not live by bread alone, he's actually quoting something from Deuteronomy. Um, and in that passage, it's talking about the manna. Uh, if you've uh, looked at Israel and their past, what happened was uh, Israel was led out of Egypt and they crossed into a wilderness. And this wilderness was not a 40-day journey like what Jesus had. This was a 40-year journey. And while they were out there, they needed to be provided for. And so what God did was God would provide manna for Israel every single day for six days. And then on the sixth day, he would provide twice uh, as much as what they needed. And so on the sixth day, uh, they would go out, they would collect twice as much. And the reason was because on the seventh day, they would rest because God had commanded uh, them to rest. And so they would have everything that they would need would be provided for them. And this is how God speaks to us as well. He's always going to give you enough for every single day. And the manna, whenever they would go and get that manna, if they would try to collect more than enough, 
what would happen to that manna? It would rot. It would go bad. It wouldn't last until the next day. There was this fresh rhema word that was coming to them. There was enough for today. There was this living active thing that was enough for today, but it wasn't good for tomorrow. And I think one of the challenges that we have as we pursue God in our life is how are we going to stay hungry for God today and the next day and the next day? When I was an early believer, I was hungry for God. I was passionate for God. But over time, that hunger began to wane and I began to just accept God as a part of my life but it wasn't always the thing that was on the tip of my tongue. It wasn't the thing that I woke up that I was searching for and I was longing for. And what Jesus is saying here, when he says that man does not live by bread alone, what he's saying here is that every single day, God is providing the bread. He's providing the manna. Every single day, he's providing the word. He's speaking to me. And I want to live and depend on every single thing that God has for me. Isn't that good? Isn't that the way we wanna live our lives? We wanna live our lives in a way where it's in line with what God wants to do in our life. So Jesus was hungry, but he was hungry more for the word of God than for his own physical hunger. Back to Matthew chapter one, it says, uh, verse, uh, chapter four, verse one, it says, then when Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted, he was tempted by the devil. You know, a lot of times we end up in wilderness seasons and the wilderness is an interesting place uh, because uh, not a lot of people live in the wilderness. Uh, it can be a dry place. Uh, it can be a place where uh, you can often feel like you're never gonna make it. You know, Israel, when they were led into the wilderness, they were actually being prepared for the promised land, which was in Canaan. And so God was providing for them day by day, day by day, trust in me, trust in me. I will provide for you. I will be your God. I will be the one who takes care of you. But while they were going through that, they began to grumble. They began to, to complain a little bit because the process of being prepared for a promise was uncomfortable. And they had to trust in somebody outside of themselves. You know, we find ourselves in that same place in our lives where when we're getting ready for a promise, we're getting ready for the thing that God has spoken, the thing that God is gonna do, that oftentimes we have to wait. Oftentimes we have to trust in God because without him, it's never gonna happen. And I love this about uh, Jesus that he was led by the spirit into the wilderness. Now, you've probably heard different people at different times say, oh, God told me this. Uh, God told me that. And I oftentimes wonder what they mean by that. What does it mean that God told you something? What does it mean that the spirit is leading you to do this thing? Does he speak audibly? Does he whisper in your ears and say, I need you to go do this? Uh, does he, you know, tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, look over there, that guy needs prayer. Um, uh, when I, also, when I was, when I was young um, and I would, it just started going to church, I called up my youth pastor because we had had a, a night and people were praying and some of the students had said, you know, God showed me this. And being brand new and, and to the church, I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, God spoke to this person. So I was asking him like, I'm like, what does that look like? She's like, well, she's like, it's not necessarily like an audible voice. I'm like, it could be an audible voice. And I've heard of people that have heard an audible voice, but it's not usually an audible voice. Sometimes you just 
kind of know in your knower. You know, like there's this, this place deep inside of you where God speaks and he confirms and he tells us stuff. And I, I began to learn that, yeah, that is true, that there are times where God will speak something and you just know that it's from him. Um, there are several ways that God can speak to us. Um, and uh, we have a slide for this. And I just wanna read some of these off to you because I think sometimes we don't hear from God because we don't realize that there's so many different ways uh, that he might be speaking. Um, so he could speak in an audible voice and he has done that. Uh, he's, and uh, when Jesus was baptized, uh, God spoke in an audible voice. He spoke to Adam and Eve in the garden. He spoke to uh, Moses through a burning bush. Uh, he spoke to uh, the disciples. He spoke to Paul. Paul, when he was on the, uh, the road to Damascus, uh, Jesus knocked him down and spoke directly to him. He speaks through scriptures, and scriptures is, is probably one of the most important foundational ways that God speaks to us. Because if it's written in scripture, you know it's God. Uh, you know that it's something that, that God uh, stands behind and that it's his heart and it's his character. Uh, he could speak through angels. Um, uh, I've heard of people that have had some experiences that have been uh, angelic, that were very interesting. I've had a couple that were really weird. I don't know that they were angels. Uh, I, there was no voice that was spoken to me, so it's hard to know. Uh, he will speak through other people. Um, a lot of times he'll speak through leaders. Uh, you know, God puts you in a family, and sometimes he'll speak things to the parents before he speaks things to the kids. I don't know if this happens in your house, but almost every single time uh, one of my kids is doing something that they're not supposed to be doing, I say, hey, please don't do that. The very next time they do it, something bad happens, like almost every single time. And uh, God will use parents. Even when they don't know that they're being used by God, sometimes he'll use other people to speak to you. He'll use uh, Christian brothers and sisters. Uh, some people uh, have prophetic giftings, and God can speak to them that way. Signs and wonders. Um, these are the cool ones, right? Like a burning bush. Um, these are like those big moments uh, where God does something. He makes the sun stand still in the sky. Uh, one of those type of moments. Uh, dreams and visions. Um, Sometimes God will speak to you in a dream. Oftentimes, if I have a weird dream, the first thing I ask when I wake up is I, I'll pray and I'll ask God. I'm like, I'm like, was that just like bad pizza last night or, or are you trying to show me something? Um, and sometimes he is trying to show me something. Uh, he'll speak through nature and creation. Sometimes you just look out and you see and God will show you and reveal uh, his goodness, his nature, uh, something that God is doing in your life. One of my favorite ones is actually uh, inner peace. So God is the God of peace. And, and in Philippians, it says that he will provide the peace that surpasses all understanding. And uh, I love uh, when God speaks through peace because pe there, really there's no peace in this life outside of God. True peace comes from God's spirit and God's spirit in our life. And so sometimes he'll speak to you through that peace. And I think that's that inner knowing, that deep thing inside of you uh, that we were talking about earlier. And then sometimes he'll use circumstances. He'll open doors that no man can open. He'll close doors uh, faster than you can blink an eye. Uh, sometimes he'll, uh, your attitude will be challenged somewhere and God's revealing something about something in your heart that he wants to deal with and he's speaking to you about that. And one of the things about hearing from God that's really important is that we have to begin to see it. You know, uh, if you go and buy a car and uh, you've been doing the research and you're looking up, you buy this car, you bring it home, um, sometimes what'll happen is you'll go out on the road and you'll be like, oh my gosh, 
These cars are everywhere. I never saw that before. There's a blue one. There's a red one. There's a green one. There's another blue one. Oh, that one looks just like mine, and it's got a ding in the same spot that mine's in. Uh, What has happened here is that our brain is trained to kind of tune things out. It only selects the things that it thinks is the most important for you. And so as you're going through life, if you're not paying attention, sometimes uh, you won't notice the things that are always there. It's not that more cars uh, like yours suddenly ended up on the road and in TV commercials and on the radio. What happened is, is that your brain is now focused on that and it's starting to pay attention to that. And there's actually uh, a, a thing, uh, they call it the um, frequency phenomenon. Um, it's also known as the Bader-Meinhof phenomenon where uh, you know, your brain starts to organize things differently and you start to see things for the first time. <clears throat> So Jesus was led by the Spirit. Uh, What does that look like? Well, uh, that can look a lot of different ways to a lot of different people. But uh, for me, you know, I want to see God speak to me every single day. When I read the scripture, I'm looking for God to speak something to me. And when something jumps out of scripture to me, I start to look for where can I use that in my everyday life? I had a really cool friend, uh, when I was uh, in college, uh, she was older. She was a prayer warrior. And you know those prayer people, they can get kind of weird sometimes. She was one of those people. Uh, she, she had crazy hair. She, you know, she was very intense, passionate for the Lord. And uh, one day she was coming to our church offices. And I was working at the church while I was in college. And on her way there, uh, she was praying, and she tells this story as she arrives. She says, I was praying, and I was like, I just want to hear God in the little things. She wanted to be led by the Spirit of God. I want to hear God in the little things. And so she was driving down the road, and she's like, I felt like God told me to pull off at this gas station and to pick up a Sprite. So she goes in, she buys a Sprite, she gets in the car, and then she was on her way to uh, the church. And so she comes into the church, and she had a meeting with our uh, worship leader, and uh, so she goes into the meeting. She's like, yeah, I'm going to give uh, Jim uh, this Sprite or whatever. I feel like God's trying to show me some things. And so she takes it in. She has the meeting. Half hour goes by. Uh, we're doing some stuff in the building. She comes back out, and she's just totally de- dejected, like just completely couldn't just, I'm like, what, Marty, what's the matter? What's, what's, what's going on? She's like, well, I don't know. I was trying to hear God about this Sprite, but Jim doesn't even like Sprite. So she's walking down the hall. So down the other hall, her, her, his brother, Will, who was also working at the church, comes walking down, and uh, she says, hey, Will. She's like, I got this Sprite. Would you like this Sprite? And he stops, and he looks, and he's like, oh, my God. And she's like, what? She's like, he's like, I was just in the kitchen, and we have this Coke machine, and I was looking at it. I was like, man, I really wish I had enough money to buy a Sprite. And I literally left the office, walked down the hall, and you said, hey, Will, would you like this Sprite? And so uh, he took it. And uh, it was a really, really cool story about how God speaks and how God can speak in a lot of different ways. But the thing is, is that God is speaking, and he's speaking to us all the time. The question is, is are we listening? The question is, is are we taking the time to see? And one of the things about hearing from God is it's a lot like a muscle. If you work it and if you use it, you'll get stronger. You'll hear him more. You'll hear him more frequently. And it'll start to grow. 
And if you don't use it, it will start to diminish. There's times in my life where I felt like God was speaking a lot. And there's other times where I felt like I was completely in a wilderness and there was no one around and I was isolated and I couldn't hear from him. What is it that you're hungry for? What reality are you hungry for? My hope is, is that we would become hungry for God and for his word, that we'd be hungry for the things of God in our life, and that we would be led by the spirit the way that Jesus was led by the spirit. Abraham, I want to tell you a little story about Abraham. So a lot of people know Abraham because uh, him and his wife, they have this child at this old age. And uh, one of the things we don't think about about Abraham is what his name means. So he was born Abram, and his name means uh, it means exalted father. So at 90 years old, God gives Abraham a word and he says, you're gonna be the father of many people, of many nations. And he gives him this promise that he's gonna have a child. Now, when he heard that word from God, his whole life, he had been called exalted father, exalted father, exalted father, exalted father. He's 90 years old. He doesn't have any kids. And so you can imagine how that word, when God spoke that word, how that moved him and how that excited him and how emotional that might have been. Well, what happens next? He spends 10 years, 10 years waiting for the promise, 10 hard wilderness years waiting for God to show up and to bring this child. And during those 10 years, it it felt like a wilderness, but God was preparing him and he was strengthening him and he was showing him that who he was, and to trust. Just like Israel had to trust, he was telling him, trust in me. When we have a word from God, that word will sustain us. It will give us strength. It will give us a foundation. It will give us something to hold on to. Because if you, if you step out and you do something big and you don't have a word from God, you're just leaning on yourself. And when those challenges come in your life, when those difficult things happen and they're going to happen, you don't have anything to lean back on. But if you have a word from God, you've got everything to lean on because you've got God in your life. Jesus, when he was tempted in the desert, the devil told him, if you are the son of God, what was the word that God gave him before he started his ministry? He said, you are my son. Jesus didn't have to prove anything to the devil. He didn't have to prove that he was the son of God because he knew who his identity was. His identity was in the father and who the father had called him to be. We're going to do something uh, a little bit different. I'm going to call the band back out. And I just want to give you guys uh, an opportunity uh, to receive from God this morning. I want to give you guys an opportunity to, uh, to meet with him because I feel like, you know, with all the things that are going on in our world today, the one thing that we need the most is for God's word to lead us, to guide us, for his spirit to speak to us. And I just wanna give you guys a moment uh, to just touch him, to to experience him, uh, to listen to him, and to see what God might be speaking to you uh, in your life and where you're at. So the band's going to come up here. We're, gonna, we're just going to sing uh, here for just a couple minutes, and then we'll, we'll close here. We'll wait for George here to get up here. Has this been good? Has this been ministering to anybody this morning? You know, I, uh, 
one real quick thing is, you know, Josh told me, he's like, hey, I just want you to preach your best message. It's like, no pressure, no pressure. I'm an Enneagram one, so like perfection is like something I'm really focused on. That's like the worst thing that you can tell an Enneagram one is like, just go out there and give the best thing that you've got because uh, at the end of the day, like, you know, uh, you know, none of us is gonna be perfect, but uh, the good thing about God's word is that God's words, it stands the test of time. Uh, it always, always is true. And we can trust in it. We can trust him. And even when the wilderness seems long, even when the promise seems long, even when you seem the most challenged, you can still lean into him and trust him. And he'll come through. He always comes through. Will you lead us in the song? You guys can just close your eyes as we worship this song. I'm not enough Unless you come Will you meet me here again? Cause all I want Is all you are Will you meet me here again? Not for a minute Was I forsaken The Lord is in this place The Lord is in this place Come Holy Spirit Draw bones awaken The Lord is in this place The Lord somebody in this place that has been dealing with anxiety and you've just had this sense that you've got to make something happen or you got to perform or you got to do something and I want to pray for you today maybe it's somebody that's online if you're if you're if you've been dealing with anxiety I want to pray over you today and pray that God would release you from that you just raise your hand thank you 
see those two in the back. This one over here as well. Thank you. The other group of people that I really want to pray for today was uh, people that you've had a promise that you've been holding on to and you ended up in a wilderness and maybe you thought it was going to be a 40-day journey, but it's turning into a longer one. It might be a 40-year journey. It's become longer than what you expected it to be. And I just want to pray that God would renew the word that he has spoken to you that he would speak something into your life that would propel you and prepare you for the purpose and the plan that he has for your life. And that he would renew that word in your spirit and in your heart to believe and to stand so that when the enemy comes, that you would be able to walk into your destiny and not be tempted to let go of the promises that God has for you. If that's you, would you also raise your hand and then we're gonna pray. Just hold it up. Thank you. If you're online, you can just put it in the chat. I want you to pray for me. We're gonna pray for you today. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. We welcome you into every area of our heart and of our lives. And we ask God that you would lead us, that we wouldn't lead you, God, but that you would lead us into the promises that you have for us. God, we trust you that you have made a way that you will come through in due season and that we can put all of our faith in you. God, strengthen us. Strengthen us as as we feel challenged. Strengthen us as we feel resistance. And help us to remember the words that you're speaking to us, the rhema word, the living word, the word that's alive in us right now. Help us to lean on those words. God, I pray for that person with anxiety and I just pray, Lord, that you would break every bit of anxiety, Lord. That they would not have to perform, that they would not have to worry. God, that everything is in your hands. There's nothing that you can do that God doesn't already have ready for you. God, we thank you. We thank you for your presence. And we thank you for what you're gonna do in our lives this week. We give you all the praise and all the glory. Amen.